Today's scripture reading is Luke 9, verses 57 through 62. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those in my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. You see, Jesus encounters three people. These three people express in one way or another a desire to follow him. Now, one of the most common ways that the Bible and Jesus, in particular, speaks about being a disciple or being a Christian is being a follower. A follower of Jesus. A disciple is one who follows Jesus. And this is the way that Jesus understood this during his ministry. Mark chapter 1. In verse 17, the Bible says that when Jesus called his first disciples, the call was just two simple words. Follow me. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, as we have seen, that the, the Christian life is a call. It is a call to self-denial. It is a call to the crucifixion of oneself. It is a call to follow Christ. In John chapter 10 and verse 27, Jesus there is pictured as a shepherd. And his disciples or, or Christians are those who hear his voice and follow him. Now in our day and time, following someone has been somewhat trivialized. It's a trivial and almost meaningless idea today because we do so so flippantly and thoughtlessly on social media. We click a button and we follow somebody on Twitter. Or we follow somebody on Instagram or TikTok. And we have Little to no knowledge of many of the people that we follow. And thus, we follow, but we also unfollow with a touch or a click of a button. Did you know that three of the most followed people on Twitter... Elon Musk, Barack Obama, and Justin Bieber. 
are also three of the most unfollowed people on Twitter. Now, that seems strange at first, that you would be the most followed person on Twitter, but that you would also be the most unfollowed person on Twitter. But when you think about it, beloved, it actually makes sense. It makes sense today because today, those who are popular today often are vilified the next. The crowds are fickle. People are fickle. You and I are fickle. What is in fashion one moment is out of fashion the next. And interestingly, beloved, this is true of Jesus as well. If Jesus were on Twitter, and we could think about it in those terms, then no one would have more followers on Twitter than Jesus. And yet, at the same time, beloved, no one would have more unfollowers than Jesus. And before following and unfollowing became a thing on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, the fact of the matter is, Jesus kind of anticipated and experienced the, the fickleness of the human heart. When Jesus calls us to follow him, it is not so that you and I might keep up with his vacation places. It is not so that you and I might learn his favorite foods or keep up with his exercise routine. Following Jesus is a call to believe. It is the call to trust, to faith, to a life-changing and destiny-altering faith in Jesus. This is what it means to be a Christian. A Christian is a disciple of Jesus Christ, one who follows Jesus, who trusts and believes, who has a life-changing, destiny-altering faith. With this, we need to understand, however, that following Jesus is not always easy. And this is what Jesus was pressing in upon his disciples with. This is the understanding that Jesus wanted his disciples to have. This is important for his disciples to understand still to this day. If you think that following Jesus is easy, 
you will find it easy to unfollow. If you find, if you think that following Jesus is easy, then you will find it easy to unfollow. And this is what Jesus was seeking to avoid in our text this morning. The fickle followers. The ones who would follow easy and then unfollow. Because, beloved, following Jesus from a distance looked easy. That's the point. Following Jesus from a distance looked easy. But Jesus wanted them to understand what happens when you get close to him. When you really follow. It looks easy from the outside. It's not so easy when you get into it. It's like golf. You watch golf on TV, and it looks simple. And you say, I can do that. Until, Brother Donald, somebody puts a golf club in your hand, sets the ball down, and says, now hit it. And you go, oh, oh, that's not what I thought it was. You thought it was one thing. It turned out to be something different altogether. This is what Jesus was saying. This is what Jesus was telling them. These people that he encountered, his disciples. This discipleship thing is not what you think it is. You have seen me from a distance, you have seen the crowds. You have seen all the excitement. It looks easy. And now you want to come and join. And what Jesus here did is he put a club in those men's hands. He put a ball on the tee. And he said, Pastor Phil, Let's see if you can hit that straight. You thought it was one thing. Something different altogether. Following Jesus is not as you imagined it was. And to explain the importance of this following, and to get a little deeper in what it means to be a disciple, these three encounters that Jesus has with those who follow him is teaching his disciples a lesson. And by doing so, teaching us lessons as well. Three lessons from these three encounters. Important to understand if you're going to follow Jesus. And the first one is this, beloved. Know who you are following. Know who you are following. Following people on Twitter or Instagram is one thing. Saying you are a follower of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God is another thing altogether. 
And what Jesus essentially said to this first person is know who you're going to follow. You know the reason we unfollow people? We unfollow people because either we change or they change or we find out that they are not who we thought they were. When Jesus encountered this first person, he was telling him, you probably don't know who I am. I'm probably not who you think I am. The first person that Jesus encountered, the Bible says, Luke chapter 9, verses 57 and 58, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Sound like what Ruth said to Naomi. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Where you stay, I will stay. Where you live, I will live. I will follow you. And Jesus replied, well, <clears throat> foxes have dens, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. In other words, Jesus says, you say you want to follow me, but you really don't know me, do you? Don't follow the Jesus you hope Jesus will be. This is what Jesus is saying don't follow the Jesus that you hope Jesus will be. Why? Because you will unfollow. Don't follow the Jesus as he is often presented on TV. Why? Because eventually you will unfollow. It's what Jesus is saying. There are many, many Jesuses today. And, and what most people do, or I don't say most because I don't know most, many, many people do, what many people do is they follow the one that makes them most comfortable. They follow the one that makes them most at ease. What I want to commend to you this morning is the real Jesus. Not the Jesus of religious television or the Jesus of the movies, but the real Jesus, the real Jesus, the one who came to suffer for your sins, that Jesus, the one who told his disciples that he was on his way to Jerusalem to suffer, to die, and to be raised again on the third day, that Jesus, the one who allows Life to get uncomfortable sometimes. That Jesus. Listen, beloved, when Jesus described himself as not having a home or not having a house or not having a, a bed to sleep in in the evening, he did not mean that he didn't have a house. He did not mean that he didn't have a roof. He didn't mean that he didn't know where he was going to sleep. 
What he meant was following him was not a guarantee of creaturely comfort. It was easy to get caught up in the crowd. There's a big crowd always following Jesus. And it was easy to get caught up in it. The miracles and the excitement all around Jesus. There was food. There was fellowship. There was fun. And who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Who wouldn't want to join in with that? And you come to Jesus and Jesus, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, listen, I am not your genie. I am not a genie in a bottle. Whatever you've heard from a distance, whatever you think you've seen, following me is no promise of material wealth. Following me is no guarantee of material comforts and safety. Following me is no promise of popularity or prosperity. In fact, beloved, he promised his disciples that they would have trouble in this world. And what he is saying to him, he is saying to us, when the troubles come and they will come, will you unfollow? Will you unfollow? When the cancer comes, will you unfollow? When the marriage falls apart or the spouse dies, will you unfollow? When you get criticized by coworkers and ridiculed by fellow students, will you unfollow? Growing up, I learned that the best hymns are usually the simplest hymns. And none more simple than this one. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. What's the last line? No turning back. No turning back. Know who you're following. The next thing, he comes to his next encounter, and, and the idea, he tells them, you need to follow Jesus first. Know who you're following and follow him first. You have to make following Jesus the priority of your life. First thing first. The Bible says in Luke chapter 9, verses 59 through 60, and he said to another man, follow me. And the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now listen, beloved. Following Jesus will eventually come into conflict with many of the other things in life we follow. If you're serious about following Jesus, eventually following him is going to come in conflict with all of the other things in your life you follow. 
This world is a busy place. I get it. And our lives are full, and, and we live busy lives. At, at any moment, our priorities change. Even during the day, our priorities change. One day, priority is school. The next day, priority is work. One day, priority is the spouse. The next day, the priority is the children. One day, the priority is money. The next day, the priority is your health. And Jesus here, beloved, is not saying that these things in our lives don't matter. He's not saying that to us. He's not saying that we can't care for our parents. He's not saying that you shouldn't make funeral arrangements. The point is, what is the priority of life? The point is first. When he says to Jesus, first, let me go take care of my business. Let me first take care of my parents, then I'll come follow you. Let me first finish school, then, 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 then I'll get serious. Let me first get married. Then once I get married, Pastor Phil, then I'll settle down and I'll serve. Let me first raise these little ones and get them out of the way, then I'll be available for you, Jesus. First. Now listen, beloved. All these things are important. School is important. Work is important. Children are important. Spouses are important. Parents are important. All these things are important. But none of them can be more important than serving, following, and worshiping Jesus. That's what Jesus is getting at. None of these things should undermine your worshiping, your serving, your following of Christ. All these things, all these things are a part of life. And all of these are priorities of life. But the thing that the disciple must understand is that priorities change. Life changes. Seasons change. Friends change. Family change. Putting Jesus first must never change. Never change. Following Jesus means keeping Jesus first. But Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God first. Then all these other things will be added to your life. In fact, Jesus is the one who actually makes sense of everything else. It is by prioritizing Jesus that everything else falls into its proper place. But not only does it mean following Jesus first, what Jesus is saying here is that following Jesus first also means following Jesus now. Follow him now. The man wanted to bury his father. And once his father was gone, 
Then he would follow Jesus. And Jesus said to him, that's how dead people think. That's how dead people think. Dead people think they got time. That's what dead people say. They think they can follow tomorrow. Isn't that what the whining said? Jesus said, here I stand. Won't you please take my hand? And you said, I will, but tomorrow. Putting off Jesus, beloved, is putting off life. Putting off Jesus is putting off life. That's what dead people do. And that's why Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. That's what dead people do. They put off life. They put off Jesus. Deciding for Jesus is a right now decision. Right now. That's what Jesus is saying. So Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, now is the time. And today is the day of salvation. Follow Jesus first. Follow Jesus now. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. What's the next line? No turning back. No turning back. Follow him first. Follow him now. And the last point is that you got to follow him fully. Know who you're following. Follow him first. And follow him fully. The third person that Jesus encountered was the one who just wanted to say goodbye. That's all. He just wanted to go home and say goodbye to his family. Verse 61 and 62. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. The man just wanted to go back and that's and go back and say goodbye. And that's simple enough. That seems innocent enough, doesn't it? But was it really that innocent? Is it ever? I mean, think about it, beloved. Ask yourself the question, what is Jesus getting at here? Well, beloved, there are goodbyes and then there are goodbyes. You see, it's like when Allison comes over our house, okay? Allison is a frequent visitor. She's a welcome visitor. She makes herself at home. And when it's about time to leave, she says goodbye to everybody in the house. 
You know what I'm saying, Pastor Phil? And then an hour later, her and Adrian are outside in the driveway still saying goodbye. Because goodbyes are not always goodbyes. But Jesus, the point is clear, beloved. When it's time to go, it's time to go. When it's time to commit, it's time to commit. When it's time to follow, it's time to follow. But we don't want to just say goodbye. We want to linger. We want one last hurrah. That's what we want. Before I follow Jesus, Jesus, let me just have one last hurrah. Like Lot's wife. We want to walk away looking back. We want one foot in the world as long as we can. Listen, beloved. Divided loyalty leads to divided love. Give Jesus your full attention. And I promise you, I promise you, you won't regret it. Give Jesus your full attention, and I promise you, you won't regret it. There's no, no looking back in Jesus, beloved. There's no looking back in Jesus. Can I, can I encourage you this morning? And I, want to, I said it before, I want to say it again. There are no regrets in Jesus. Listen, young people, there are no regrets in Jesus. Life is going to be full of regrets. Jesus isn't one of them. Following Jesus isn't one of them. Nobody gets to the end of their life and the end of their days and say, I wish I had not followed Jesus. No regrets in following Jesus. None at all. None at all. Follow Jesus, no regrets. I promise you, I promise you, follow Jesus, no regrets. You know why? Because Jesus had no regrets. I want you to think about that. Jesus had no regrets. He left the glories of heaven, and took on the weakness of flesh, and he had no regrets. He left the presence of the angels and put on and was put on and spit upon by sinful creatures, and he had no regrets. He took on the pain and punishment of the cross for our sins, and you know what, beloved? No regrets. Our Lord and Savior, has no regrets in saving us. Why should we have any regrets in following him? None. None. No regrets. You need to never regret following Jesus. No matter how, no matter how difficult the road. I want to encourage you, don't unfollow don't unfollow. No matter how tempting the world, don't unfollow. No matter how long the night, don't unfollow. No matter how many the questions, don't 
unfollow. Listen, listen, beloved. You know why the Bible tells believers not to marry unbelievers? It's because the unbeliever will get you to unfollow. You know why the Bible encourages us not to forsake attending church? Because the world will get you to unfollow. You know why the Bible tells us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices and schemes? Because his desire is for you to click on the unfollow. Every time he comes and he whispers in your ear, unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. You look at him and you say, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. What? No turning back. No turning back. And if you don't know that one, then you just tell them, I ain't turning back. I ain't turning back. The only thing I'm turning back, homie, is my fitted hat. So go ahead and get your gat. You can go on and cock it back. I ain't turning back. I ain't. Turning back. No turning back. No turning back. Let's pray.